With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network. You are on once again with your boy, Albie Shore. And the Big 12 SEC Challenge is upon us. It's coming up quickly this Saturday. And to preview the game, the Texas Tech is about to play against Mississippi State. I had to bring on my right-hand man that is Dylan Smythe. What's up, Dill? I'm uh, back in the States, no longer... Um Detained by Mexican authorities, it feels good to be stateside once again. Back with the boys, talking <laughs> that's, sports. That's right. Dylan has not been on the podcast for a week because we are all pretty positive that he was in a Mexican prison. We're all pretty sure of it. Um, you at the very least got held up at customs. So I think that your quote-unquote held up at customs was you being in prison. And that's We're okay. calling it hey, customs you know jail. That's where I was. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you're the bad boy of the pot, all right? Yeah. No, no uh, camera equipment like, in my country, like. apparently. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you did miss a hell of a game. Well, I mean, you didn't miss it, but a hell of a game this past week. Texas Tech, a double overtime thriller in Lawrence, Kansas against the Jayhawks. Tech did end up losing the game 94-91. But, I mean, in basketball, you can be impressive in a loss. We already did it against Iowa State in a game that we only had seven players. We impressed in a loss. And here we have another game that even though we lost, I, I know a lot of people said and felt that this team was just as impressive in defeat. Yeah, luckily I was able to watch this game. It took me all the strength in my being to stay up for this game. You know, I, I don't know. I was very tired. I, I was in bed watching it on my laptop, like struggling to stay awake, which was crazy because this game was electric. Um, Ochai Baji showed why he he's going to be a really – high draft pick next year he, he he was unstoppable texas tech we can stop your best player unless your best players ochai ogbaji <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good point we talked about it whenever they came to they came to lubbock 
right? About how even we tried to stop him, but he still put up 20-something in Lubbock, right? So he still had a good game there, too. And in this, oh, he was unconscious. And they brought it up. If Agbaji doesn't go Super Saiyan, it's not just a tech victory. It's a tech blowout, right? But he's just... It, I, I know a lot of people talked about that game and said, well, why didn't we foul? And, and honestly, I, I probably, if, I'm the, if it was me, I probably foul. I do get why you don't. There was a lot of, I mean, well, Agbaji shot the ball. There was a lot of time left in the game, right? There was, like, I think he shot the ball. It was still like 10 seconds left to go in the game. So you don't, a lot of times you don't want to foul with too much time left. You also, it's really difficult to foul on the perimeter like that because what if you foul? These are college kids. So what if you foul in the shooting motion? It's a lot there. So especially in college, a lot of the times, College coaches don't like calling the foul like that because you just never know what could happen. Uh, but there's a, there's the flip side of that, like of the you never know what could happen because a, in a future NBA player can bust out a three like nothing with a hand in his face to tie it all up. Uh, but you know, I, I did, that was a game where yes, Tech lost, but I don't expect depending on what happens this Saturday, I don't I don't expect us to move down for it. Right, like this is that was a game everybody watched, everybody saw, and everybody knew just how good both teams are. Yeah, I think for a lot of people outside of Texas Tech's normal viewing circle, uh, this was their first good luck at, at Texas Tech, maybe Nash on a national level, and they came away thinking, okay, this team can play with anyone in the country, and I think it's true. Texas Tech can play with anyone in the country on any given night, and um, that that game gave me it had like March Madness energy. It had Final Four, Elite Eight energy, so I could see both those teams in that position in March. So you know, well, you know, so I've I've started to compare this team to 2019 a little bit because they they give me the same vibes, and it reminded me this game though it was a loss. This game reminded me a lot of the 2019 Texas Tech Duke game in Madison Square Garden, where Texas Tech lost lost the game. But everybody, Tech fans included, came away feeling this team actually were pretty impressive. We didn't expect them to hold Zion and R.J. Barrett the way they held them. This team got a shot. And we ended up seeing that. And the team got better as the year went on. Texas Tech, same thing. This is not the same Texas Tech team that lost to Providence, lost to Gonzaga. Much different team and has gotten better as the year has gone on. And I would argue that this is even, I don't know if Tech wins this game three weeks ago, right? So, or is in the game like they are three weeks ago. The way they fought back being down double digits with six minutes to go. Most teams, not just most tech teams, most teams, period, falter. Kansas puts any other team in that position. Kansas wins easily, not the Red Raiders. So very impressive showing despite the defeat. We're not a moral victory podcast, but I will say in college basketball, games like that are going to happen. It's fine. Much better to lose like that in January than March. So, Guess who gets to feel the brunt of our revenge this Saturday, Dylan? It is the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I didn't even give you a chance to answer. Well, it's it's not like, yeah, I knew the answer, you know. (laughs) Well, I'll say this. Mississippi State had their own heartbreak of their own. This past week in Mississippi State, they also went to overtime against Kentucky. And so they and, and they lost and they also had their own heartbreak. So really, both teams are coming off of just. Heartbroken, heartbroken, heartbreak games. I think that game, if I remember correctly, I think that was in Lexington, right? So Mississippi State plays in Lexington, goes to overtime against a team that they weren't supposed to beat, and barely misses out on that opportunity. Tech, same thing. So I mean, this is very interesting 
uh, places for both teams. Mississippi State ain't no slouch either. They're a team that I expect to see in the tournament as well, but they're also not the 13th best team in the nation. Oh, really? So Mississippi State's tournament team in your eyes here? I, I think they're well, a tournament you know, team. They're, they're a good yeah, team. Their resume is not bad outside non-conference. They did. They're, they I'll beat Alabama, who, who I think is really good this year. They did beat Alabama. Well, I, I'll say this. I personally believe that the SEC is probably the second best conference in the country, depending on what how you feel about the Big Ten, right? Like the ACC is a down year. Like the ACC is just a, it's not good this year outside of Duke. Um, and the SEC is in an up year. Like they have Alabama's a good team. Auburn's the number one team in the nation right now, right? And Mississippi State has done a good job now. Now, that being said, Mississippi State, that loss to Kansas is pretty big, or to Kansas, that loss to Kentucky is only pretty big because they have suffered other losses in conference, right? You kind of mentioned it. The big loss to Florida, the loss to Ole Miss. These are games that they really just can't have. But that victory against Alabama is, is, is important, and it gives them a Q1 win that they desperately need. But I do think we're going to see this Mississippi State team probably as an 8 or 9 seed, but they will be a tournament team. Okay. I haven't seen too much of them. I just know know them on a surface level. Their resume, they'd have. I guess they have an opportunity to be because they play. They still have well Texas Tech on the schedule, but Tennessee, LSU, Alabama. So I guess the opportunity is there. I will say this: Joe Lenardi, a week a week ago, had Mississippi State on his last four out, and actually I think moved them up after the Kentucky oh, loss on the bubble. <laughs> Yeah, so on the uh, they are on the bubble team, but I do think they're going to get in. Um, but let's let's go to the game. What is your first impressions of Texas Tech Mississippi State? I mean, the impressions is if this were a football, this would be flipped backwards, right? But this is basketball, and Big Twelve is the hardest, toughest basketball conference night in night out. Every single one of us plays defense, and Michigan State has never seen a defense anywhere close to this Texas Tech defense. They. They're going to have problems. They're going to have problems with this Texas Tech defense. And uh, I think if one little spicy nugget, I, they have a 6'11 guy. I, I think uh, this could be a, a big Daniel Bacho performance. So you're saying if it, if it was flipped, though, Tech blew out it's Mississippi true. State in football. I, I, I mean, I hope it's not flipped. It's true. Okay. But historically, you know in the big picture of things. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's actually, I find it really interesting that we're playing Mississippi State. We also played Mississippi State in baseball just recently. Was it just last year that we played Mississippi State in baseball? I know we have either last year or the year before. Like, Texas Tech, Mississippi State, This is is this becoming a thing? We got to continually play them? You know, we we needed a new rival, and I think it's Miss, Mississippi <laughs> State now. Well, you know, Jeremy's on the Potter. You know, that's his other, that's his other school. Yeah. That is his other school right there, so. But, um. Uh, yeah, so your prediction of the Daniel Bacho show here in this game. And Bacho really hasn't – I mean, it, the rotation, as the rotation's ironed out, we haven't seen as much of Bacho as, I mean, the starting center. Bryson Williams has been amazing the last few games, right? Marcus Santos Silva has been great off the bench as well. And so for if you're Daniel Bacho and those are the two big men ahead of you, it's really tough to get playing time when they're both playing so well. Right? Early in the season when they're both struggling a little bit, it was, oh, you know, Bacho, Bacho, man. But now it's, uh, coach, just give me eight minutes. That's, that's all I can get. I will say, I will say the guy that scares me the most I would, uh, from the Mississippi State side is is got to be, um, damn it, ESPN loading too long. Edit point, uh, 10 minutes. Got to be Iverson Molinar. 
All right. The, I will say the guy that scares me the most from the Mississippi State side has got to be Iverson Molinar. All right. First of all, shout out to his parents for naming him Iverson because let's face it, it's 2000, it's 2022, right? Iverson was in the finals 21 years ago. There's no doubt. I think the kid is 21. No doubt he's named after AI, right? So off top, shout out to your parents. But, and, and just like AI, he's a bucket. Average is 18 points a game, right? He's their star point guard. He's the guy, and he and he's a guy that's, we might even see him at the next level, right? He has all the tools, good, decent passer, and he's the guy that the Bulldogs team really follows and takes his lead. Yeah, um, he, he leads the team in both points and assists. He's undeniably like their scorer. I think he, he had 30 against Kentucky. 30 against Kentucky, that's a really good game against, you know, always a very talented team. Uh, I do think something to look for here, though. They they like to work the ball inside. They, I mentioned that they have a, a 6-11 forward. That's totally Smith, and Garrison Brooks is a big guy, too. They both have very high percentages. You look at three points a game. Mississippi State only shoots 17 three points a game, three-point attempts a game. Uh, that's among one of like the worst in college fo- basketball. College football. So what I'm saying is they don't shoot very many threes. They try and feed the ball down low. And so I think, yes, we're going to work to eliminate Iverson Molinar, but I think the interior defense will be challenged in this game. And and I do think this is a game where maybe you might, might want to rest Bryson Williams, and I, it would make a lot of sense to for Daniel Bacho to play in this game. Rest the Bryson? I see. I can't, He's the I can't hot hand. You yeah, I, you, that's the thing. You don't want to rest him per se, but maybe get him out early, you know? Let him have a short night. I, I I think it's less about resting him and more about rotating all three mm-hmm. of them, right? Like this, I, I do agree with you, right, on this one, right? Tolu Smith, 6'11", Garrison Brooks, 6'9". Uh, they have some of some bigger guys that are, that are down there in the middle, so maybe it is always throwing new bodies at them. It's having Bryson, or Bryson Williams hit you in the post on offense, and then two minutes later uh, – Marcus Santos Silva is hitting you with his physicality. And then two minutes later, it's the length of Daniel Bacho, right? And, and hitting you with all of those pieces. And then, hell, Kevin O'Banner. Kevin O'Banner has been, like, Kevin O'Banner has been incredible defensively. We, 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 we kind of talked about it a few uh, a week or so ago about when we recruited him, we knew his offensive skill set. But the defensive side of the things where Dan, Kevin O'Banner has exceeded expectations, in my opinion. He can He's already, he's pretty good in the perimeter, but we saw it just recently in the post, his his ability to defend in the post was really was really helpful in the Kansas game, and not getting guys like Mitch Lightfoot uh, uh, any any room to operate, right? And Mitch Mitch the forty year old accountant that is Mitch Lightfoot, but uh, you know I think that's really what it is. There is throwing bodies at them, and it's also using your length and versatility on the on the perimeter to shut down guys like Iverson Molinar, shut down guys like Shaquille Moore. Shaquille Moore is their best three point shooter, puts up thirty eight a game. I think having guys, we talked about it on the last pod that Adonis Arms really, or Adonis Arms really didn't play much in, in the Kansas game, and I would have liked to see him play a little bit more. This is a game where I think he can really use his length on the perimeter to defend some of these guys that Mississippi State has. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I don't want to say we're going to be resting our guys, but I, I could see a world where we're up on this team kind of early, and, and it's okay, put in, put in the crowd favorites. Well, I will say this, Tech hasn't played since Monday. We are, we are, we don't have the problem we had three weeks ago. We are fresh. We're good to go. We're relaxed. 
You know what I'm saying? This is this is one where we can we can throw we can throw it out. Also, the reason why the Big 12 SEC's challenge was set up was to enhance both conferences out of conference schedule. You have an automatic situation where you're in a pretty good spot. Now, I will say before they set it up, one thing you've noticed is they usually try to try to do good matchups. And I feel like this is a good gauge of where the Big 12 thought Texas Tech would be, right? Uh, Texas is playing Tennessee right <laughs> Saturday. And I feel like if they could switch it, I feel the Big 12 is like, no, 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 no. No, we want we want Tech to actually – no, we, we, we picked the wrong team to play Mississippi State. We want the better – ah, dang it. <laughs> but ten, Tennessee led by Rick Barnes beating Texas would be fantastic, right? Oh, that is – you're right. That is pretty <laughs> sweet. That is pretty sweet. So. Uh, so, Dylan, I need you to give me – who does Texas Tech need to really step up? And you already said Daniel Bacho, so you got to give me a different answer. But who does Texas Tech really need to step up in this game? For Texas Tech to have the victory. Give me my guy, Kevin McCuller. Uh, He's kind of in a slump right now, at least shooting-wise. I think this is a good opportunity for Kevin McCuller to be very aggressive, uh, drive the lane, get inside, you know, dish dish the ball, do the things that made Kevin McCuller a a starter. You know, bring that energy, bring everything on defense, draw those charges, um, get back to those Kevin McCuller roots. I think he's going to be really important going forward in this season, so maybe I'm just willing it. Kevin McCuller, get right game. It's coming. Well, I will say this. Kevin McCuller, I mean, defensively, he's still yeah. got it. Kevin oh, McCuller yeah. is uh, – he just got listed to the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year watch list. Uh, I believe only 15 players were put on that, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, they, the nation has at least recognized his defensive prowess. Though I will say, hot take. He may, I don't think he's the best defender on the team. Last year, absolutely. Last year, I think Kevin McCullough was the best defender on the team. Mind you, I, me making this statement, I am not saying Kevin McCullough got any worse at defense. He's still just as good defensively as he was last year. And, and he deserves to be on this Nate Smith Defensive Player of the Year watch list. I am saying this because as great as Kevin McCullough is defensively, Adonis Arms has been incredible. Kevin O'Banner has been incredible. Terrence Shannon, the job Terrence Shannon did on Agbaji at the end of the game, at the end of the second half, is the reason why Kansas wasn't able to pull away. Agbaji barely touched the ball with the last five minutes of the game uh, before before overtime, right? And a lot of that was because of Terrence Shannon. Um, and and so, like, defensively, this team is – we're bananas. Like, we're nuts. It's Mark, the, the, the difference between Marcus Santos Silva last year and this year, defensively, night and day. Last year, all he could do was defend the post. You won in the post. You got outside of the paint. Ah, well, sorry about you. Uh, no, I'm seeing Marcus Santos Silva being brought out 30 feet from the basket. Like, hey, no problem. I got this. Closing out games from the perimeter on defense. Yeah. It's it, that's, it's wild. That's absolutely wild. So uh, this the whole Naismith men's defensive player of the year watch list should be nothing. It should be the entire Texas Tech yeah. roster. I didn't even think you <laughs> mentioned Davion Warren and all that. He, he's been fantastic this year, too. Davion Warren's been great. Clarence, my boy Clarence Madonna's been great. It's uh this this team is we're we're wild. We're we're they're sick. They're sick. They get it out the mud. So um so that was a good pick though. Kevin McCullough is a good one. Uh I'm actually gonna go the other uh, another guy, Terrence Shannon. I'm gonna go Terrence Shannon. I actually I do think Terrence Shannon's gonna hope. I think he's gonna ball out. I expect another K 23 point K State game. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna ball out. Um, I think both of them are gonna have good games. And I I really expect at home. Um, with a Raider riot behind them, they they turn up. They turn up in this game and really, really, uh, both of them, with the love and support from the Red Raider fan base, really show out and and uh, put on a show. So 
With that being said, Dylan Smythe, give me who you got and give me a score. Okay. Um, I think some people, some people, not this person, could be looking at this game and could be looking at Texas Tech's schedule and say, could they be looking ahead to Texas next week? Because it's like, okay, you, we got an out-of-conference game. Are you calling this a classic trap game? Is <laughs> that what you're saying, out of conference game. Who cares? We got Chris. We got a shot at Chris Beard next week. So I, I think there's going to be an element of that. And so I could see a world where this game is really close in the first half. And then I just think if it's close in the first half, the second half, the, the crowd is going to be too much. Um, Texas Tech's going to pull away in the second half, but I could see a world where we come out slow. We're maybe, uh, we're, we maybe in practice we have been looking ahead to that team in Austin, but I, I still think Texas Tech is going to win. I could just see a world where the first half is maybe, maybe close. Uh, all that to say, yeah, Texas Tech is going to win by double digits. All right, I will say this, Dylan. All of Tech games are close in the first half. It's true. It's true. <laughs> We 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 don't know yeah we don't know how to just blow a team out in the first half so I do agree with you that this game will be close in the first half tied within five points in the first half or at halftime uh, just because that's that's just how we roll right you're not going to blow us out but we're also not going to blow you out in the first half and then Mister Second Half Adjustment that is Mark Adams is going to come out and blow the doors off this thing I I agree with you in that I don't think it's close but you do bring up a great like an incredible point about it being a trap game. And if this was in Starksville, it may be enough for me to call the upset, but it's not in Starksville. It's in Lubbock, Texas. So I, I definitely have, I can't even, I was trying to look for a line for this game and I don't see it, uh, but I definitely have, whatever the line is, I got tech to cover it. Right. My guess is the line will be like tech minus seven is probably what I would set it at if I'm Vegas. Um, but I would still pick tech to cover. I think tech wins by double digits because it's in Lubbock. Right. This game might even be tied at halftime, but because it's in Lubbock, because of all the stuff that happened at the Kansas game, because of what we, what what, because of what we the team had just gone through, full rest. I mean, you have five days of just of chilling. I um I think the team comes out with a vengeance, comes out fiery with the crowd behind their back, and they win them double win by double digits. But I do agree that and maybe had Tech beat Kansas, this would be a classic. It would be uh, a, a potential win. But there's two things that didn't go in Mississippi State's favor. The fact that Tech didn't win the Kansas game and the fact this game's in Lubbock. Sorry, guys. What could have been a trap game kind of gets diminished a little bit, Tech wins. Yeah, I, I do think the difference is it's in Lubbock. If it was in Starksville, I'd be calling this a trap game, no doubt. Yeah. And then, uh, like, I you know, shout out to Raider Wright. Like, Raider Wright is getting to – I'm not going to go – I'm not going to say Cameron crazy. Like, let's not get wild. But – they're getting to like they're gaining notoriety. They're gaining fame, and 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 people are starting to know like ah oh, man. And it's more than just a swag surf. Like they're getting it. Do this barricades at the stadium. They they started putting up that, that up last year, I believe. That's that's wild to me, right? And so the, they are starting to now they're they they've now reached the level of rowdiness. But they're like okay, well now we're starting to organize things, right? There's a blackout next Tuesday. They're 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 organizing how things are operating. They're they are setting up, you know, people starting to camp out. They're setting up the, I think for last Saturday, people showed up at eight, eight in the morning for an for uh, an afternoon for an evening game, right? Like stuff like that. They're starting to gain like the little psycho, 
notoriety that these fan bases, these student sections get. And, and I'm, I'm, I know I'm a proud alum when I see stuff like that. And it's uh, good for them. And it's elevated the atmosphere in the USA, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, so Drew Steffi, four-star guard, just committed to Texas Tech. He mentioned that the, the, the crowd, the base, like the, the fact that the fan bases, they're, they're nuts and, and he loves it. And like, that's important. It's big. We're getting stars because of it. Like, like, you know, even they see the swag stuff. They see all this other stuff. Last weekend, I was talking about in, in our Slack, in our uh, group message, Drew Steffi's on campus. He's with Elijah Fisher. Elijah Fisher's a five-star guy from Canada. And so Elijah Fisher's like, man, this is, oh, this is crazy. This is, this is nuts. This is what I'm, what I'm trying to, this is the type of atmosphere that I expect out of college basketball. And when you got Drew Steffi right beside you that's already going, it's already decided he's going to Tech, saying like, yeah, man, this could be us. You know, I'm a sharp shooter. You know, I'm going to mix guys up. You know, you could pass, I could pass you the ball. You could pass me the ball. We could hit the alley. Jordan Pippen. He, he was could be not us. committed at the time, but if you're following his social media or even his parents' social media, you knew he was coming to Texas Tech. <laughs> yeah, the worst kept secret. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We had Guns Up Nation. Shout out to Guns Up Nation. Had a graphic already set. <laughs> Just waiting to click oh, send. They had that a month his ago. Commitment. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely. But, um, you know, I thought, Dylan, I thought Mark Adams couldn't recruit, though. No, that's, that's what I heard. Oh, he I don't thought know. I thought he couldn't recruit. Oh, well. So with the Big 12 challenge, Big 12 SEC challenge, sorry, coming up, you might as well call it the Big 12 challenge. We're, we're the big boss dogs here. I was telling Dylan pre-pod, the Texas Tech or the Big 12 conference have nine of its ten members have the nine toughest remaining schedules left in the country. And the only reason why Iowa State doesn't make it 10 is because they've already gone through a gauntlet, right? Like, it's the Big 12 is just is just insanely wild. That It's so wild that I looked at the Big 12 and said, yeah, we have all these ranked teams coming up, but, woo, we don't have to play at Baylor at Kansas anymore. Yeah. So, thumbs up. Yeah, I, I was <laughs> so looking at good. the back half of our schedule, and it's like, oh, that's not too bad. And most of it's because we've already played Kansas twice, maybe, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's and that's the thing. And so for Iowa State, right? They played us twice. Like that's the that's their reason why they're out. But like as you look at the back half of the schedule, you still got to play Baylor. That's tough. But I mean, you, you got a home game against Texas, a home game against TCU, another home game in Austin against Texas. Which, let's be um, honest, that's gonna be fifty fifty. <laughs> no, that's a that's a that's gonna be a home 60, game. 40. I'm not even calling fifty fifty. That is a, that's going to be a home game in Austin in February. Um, yeah, book that. I'm not even, you know, because even if it's, listen, it could be 80-20 and the 20% of Tech fans are going to be much louder than 80% of Texas fans. If I wasn't working so, that day, I'd be there. You should go anyway. Yeah. Quit your, quit your job and go. See what happens. <laughs> Just, but, um, but anyways, before I got off the tangent, I did want to talk about the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Uh, that's, that is happening this weekend. Like I said, Texas Tech is a part of that as they play Mississippi State, but a lot of good games going. So before we wrap up this episode, Dylan, I do want to talk about it. I don't want, I want to talk about the games that are going to be played between the two. You ready? Let's do it indeed. So first up, 19th ranked LSU at TCU. Again, the Big 12. What, what, you, what you doing here? Come on now. You're not, you're not putting good teams up. Uh, Dylan, to me, this is an auto L for the Big 12. What's going on? What do you think? TCU, they're a tournament team. Nice nice uh, uh, win recently. What, what you got? Well, yeah, they're, they're in the Big 12. They're almost 
by default a tournament team or maybe should be. The argument could be there. Uh, TCU coming off a win against Kansas State and OU in overtime. Upset special. Give me the Big 12. All right, got the Big 12 in that one? I do not. No, LSU. I got LSU. But I do agree, though. TCU is at home. The crowd at TCU have decided to get off of their uh, to get off of their uh, yachts and country clubs and actually decide to start going to the games a couple times a year. So that's good. Um, they did lose to Texas recently in a tough battle, but that is they are at the very least making that stadium respectable. Uh, but I still got LSU in this one. So next up, Oklahoma at the number one ranked team in the country. Again, Big 12, what are you doing? But Oklahoma at Auburn, who do you have? Auburn, a very sneaky number one in the country. I mean, honestly, I've probably only watched one or two of their games this year. Um, But they must be number one for a reason. Uh, Blind Faith, give me the Tigers. Yeah, I mean, I've watched Auburn. They're good. They're, They're well. Bruce Pearl has that program. In such a good spot, such a good position. Um, I, I say, come Big Twelve, what you're doing? Because even at the beginning of the season, like Oklahoma, Oklahoma's played better than expected. Uh, but I don't know why you would expect you would have like you. Sh- I feel like you should try to work your way to where the good competitive matches that you could win. And this is just not it. This is not one. Um, so I got the SEC winning this one too. And on my board, I got a two and zero. That's not a good start for the Big Twelve. Uh, Missouri at twenty three rank, at twenty three ranked Iowa State. Dylan, who you have in this one? On paper, this looks like it should be pretty close, but I don't know what the paper is lying to me because Iowa State is clearly the better team. And um, while they've had a tough go of it the last week and a half, I think Iowa State rebounds against SEC competition. So after the Big 12 sacrifices the first two games, I think this was one where they decided, uh, let's go ahead and get an easy dub. Uh, actually, well, to be fair, at the beginning of the season, right, the, the Iowa State was nothing close to an easy dub. So, uh, but yeah, Iowa State should win this one. Um, I, was Missouri Iowa State a rivalry back in the uh, old Big 12 days? I don't really, I know Missouri Kansas was, but uh, this could be rehashing of, of old hurt alumni feelings. This could be a nice, fun game in Ames, Iowa. You got nothing to, nothing to come back off of that? Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I, I also got Iowa State winning that one uh, at home. So next up, West Virginia at Arkansas. Who you got? Boy, uh, I think this is going to be a, a good game, a close game, but Arkansas is actually really, really good. As much as I hate to admit it because of their fan base is mean and evil. <laughs> at least on Twitter, uh, but they're they're won their last five games, so Arkansas, the must bus. Yeah, I mean Arkansas moving. was supposed Arkansas was supposed to be a lot better. They were supposed to be very good, and they really kind of went off the deep end and lost. Had a stretch where they lost five games out of six. But you're right. Since that stretch, they've won six straight or five straight games, and have, have been playing pretty well. I'm going though. I'm going to go ahead and pick West Virginia, and I'm going to tell you why. One, they got blown out by Oklahoma earlier this year, and I think West Virginia is a better team than Oklahoma. And they got whooped. And there's an argument that Arkansas is a better team, maybe, or they've just played easier competition. I mean, their last three games, South Carolina, A&M, Ole Miss, ain't really nothing to, you know, there's nothing really to get me hype about. So I'm actually going to pick West Virginia in this matchup. And for me, that ties me up at 2-2. Two and two. I think you picking Arkansas brings you also to 2-2. Two and two. 
We are at the same spot now. Number four ranked our Baylor at Alabama. Road game for the Bears. Who you got? You know, uh, I I really like this Alabama team. I I think it being in Alabama might make it close, but uh, I, I I think they've seen nothing like anything close to the Baylor Bears that on their schedule. So the Baylor Bears go on the road and and put the Big Twelve over the hump. Shackleford's a monster over at Alabama. Shackleford's definitely a monster. Baylor's a much better team. Much, Texas much Tech better Tech target team. once upon a time, Shackleford. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. Uh, Baylor, Baylor, I will say this. This game will be close. This game might even be the game of the Big 12 SEC Challenge. But I do have Baylor winning it because they're a much it's better It's probably the game I'm most excited to see. Uh, K-State at Ole Miss. Both these teams kind of uh, in the doghouse in their conferences. Uh, actually, ESPN has it about a 50-50 split. But uh, I, it goes back to Big 12. Give me the Big 12 over the SEC. We're now, now we're really over the hump. One team has Nigel Pack. The other team doesn't. Just as simple as that. Um, and also, if two teams have the same record, but one plays in the Big 12 and one doesn't, definitely going Big 12 team. So I, 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 yeah, this is another one similar to Baylor where I think the game is close because it's in, it's in uh, Oxford, Mississippi, but I'm going K-State because I do think that they're better. I think this is the chance for them to prove it. Oklahoma State at Florida. Who you got? All right, Albert, I'm going to keep this one nice and short for you. Give me the NCAA bad boys, the fighting Mike Boynton's Okie State Cowboys. Yeah. Both teams coming off of two straight losses. Um, I, this is actually one game where I am going to pick the home team. I'm going to go Florida to win this one. Um, yeah, they, solely because they're at home, solely because they actually have a shot at a postseason. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I'm going to go Florida. Florida to win this one. Um, you know, th- this is probably this is the game that's on ESPN that's hyped up as the the game of the the, the whole thing. Twelfth ranked Kentucky at fifth ranked Kansas. What do you have in this one? Boy, I think uh, this one has the potential to be a really good game. Uh, Kentucky four, won four of the last five, dropped the game to number one Auburn. So Kentucky's playing good basketball. And uh, so, so is Kansas. I mean, we, we just got a good dose of Kansas at the fog. I think that's what makes the difference. Is it's on Kansas's home court. I think they're a little bit better of a basketball team anyways. And I think Ochai Ogbaji really cements himself as a player of the year candidate in this game. Yeah. Kentucky, a little overrated, a little overrated. Uh, I don't think they're the 12th best team in the country. I think if tech was playing in this game, I would never, I home or away. I would say tech would win this game to be honest. I, I yeah, I, I think they're, I don't think Kentucky's that good. Um, and so because of that, I mean, they just got beat by Auburn. Now my job is number one team in the country, but it also wasn't too close. Also lost to LSU a little bit ago as well. Like this is a lot of offensive firepower, but this is the team that gives up defense. They give up points, and Kansas is gonna Kansas is gonna make the points. I agree with you that Agbaji might put up another thirty piece, but they're also gonna play good defense to keep them uh, keep Kentucky uh, down. So give me absolutely give me Kansas to win this one, and I would even argue that it may even be not as close as people think it will be. So uh, the Game, we, we touched on it already a little bit, but 18th ranked Tennessee at Texas. So it is in Austin. I mean, that doesn't really matter, but it is in Austin. 
Who do you have in this one? You know, uh, I think what which crowd shows up for this game uh, is does no one show up or they have it like half filled. Uh, I think that could be important in well, this game. I will say, I will say. So as I'm looking at all these games on ESPN, uh, the lowest, the cheapest ticket out of all these games is the Kansas State at Ole Miss game for four bucks. Now, mind you, that was that's between we t- mentioned that these are like Ole Miss is one of the worst teams in the big in the SEC. K State is one of the worst teams in the Big Twelve. That kind of makes sense. Um, but this is a ranked Tennessee team against a Texas team that will be in the tournament. And you can get those tickets for the very expensive price of $5. Yeah. So, you know, okay. So really, really push no crowd. No one, no one wants to see the, re- the return of, uh, Rick Barnes, apparently. Um, maybe I'm just, I just really want to see this happen, but give me Tennessee volunteers. Um, we've, we've seen Tennessee. They're a really good team. They're a well-coached team. Um, and I just want to see Mike Barnes win in Austin. Mike Barnes, Rick Barnes win in Austin. <laughs> I will say this: this is both teams really need this game. Both teams need this win for their resume, right? Like this, this is a resume-defining game for both teams. Um, how great, how great would it be for Texas to lose to a team that Tech beat right before they're about to play Tech? I'm going Tennessee for the chaos, uh, the, the chaos of it all. For the chaos of it all. Um, and hell no, who knows? This could be a trap game for Texas themselves, right? Like, let's face it. It's not like we're the only ones anticipating February 1st. CCC, is he knows what's coming to him in, in, on Tuesday as well. The players know what's coming to them on Tuesday, on for to their coach on Tuesday. They know the environment they're about to be in. This could easily be, hell, most of the coaching staff are also ex-Texas Tech co- coaches, right? So this could very well be a trap game for those guys in, in Austin as, as well. The difference is we think the Red Raiders are going to pull through because we're a much better team. Um, don't feel the same way about the Shorthorns. So anything else you want to say to the people, Dylan? Go Big 12. It's going to happen. It's going to be a big week. Big week for the Big 12. Absolutely. I think I think my final tally was the Big 12 6 SEC 4, I believe is what I had it finalized. Um, and I think that holds true, right? Uh, SEC, they're they're a decent conference. They're a decent conference, probably second or third best conference. I've thought probably third as I've as I've thought about it a little bit a little more. They're probably third. But they're they're a decent conference. They're definitely investing more into basketball as the years go on. Uh, but this is as great as the SEC is in football. That's the Big 12 in basketball. We're that good. Um, this is a gauntlet of a schedule where we're of a uh, of a conference. Eight teams at least are going to make the tournament. Now, I would even argue. Now, obviously, Oklahoma State can't get in, but I would even argue the ninth team, which may end up being Kansas State, uh, could beat whatever team gets in. Like, there's a good chance that Kansas State doesn't get in because they play in the Big 12, and a team like Florida does get in because they play in a conference like SEC. And K State would probably beat the crap out of Florida too on a neutral side. So that's, you know, that's, um, that's just how strong and tough this conference is. This conference is so tough that Bruce Weber is probably going to lose his job because of it. And it's not, yeah. even, I mean, what do you, what I do you want to I feel bad for teams that are, you know, on the cusp in the big 12, because it's going to come down to who won their last few games. And those are going to be the teams that get in. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is, it's a dog eat dog world, but this Saturday we can eat our, we can, we can eat the whole, eat a whole conference. I would love the conference. To go nine and one, not ten and zero, nine and one, and you know, you know the one I'm talking about. So, um, for the producer extraordinaire that is Dylan Smythe, this is Albie Shore, and you 
have been. Oh, actually, no, no, no. I, I, before I end the pod, I forgot. I go shout out to Coach Graystone, to Coach Cullen, to the whole Texas Tech volleyball staff. Um, I got a, uh, <laughs> I got a nice volleyball autographed by the whole team for my slanderous comments. Nice little uh, uh, get back at me. Uh, Kenna Sauer, she signed it with good job, good effort. Absolutely hilarious. So shout out to the whole team. I really appreciate it. I am the Texas uh, Volleyball's number one fan now. I don't care what anybody else says, uh, but shout out to the whole squad. I really appreciate it. So I had to do that before we ended this pod. Uh, but now I will end it. And as always, stay wrecked, people. Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.